0: Drop the subject The
1: new Channel Q. All right, let's get this thing going. Drop the subject. Allie and Jarrett and producer Emmy and Ginger Justin is already walking out of the studio, already totally uninterested in the show. But you're not. You are tuning in. You're with us today. We have Actually, lots of updates. Actually, I'm uninterested,
2: too. I'm oh going to no. go. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, I told everyone you I didn't wa- get back here. I told you I didn't want to be with you people. <laughs>
1: That was part of the promo. We have Don't Go Anywhere, Please. We have an exciting show lined up. There is more to this haunted house story. You know, we talked about this yesterday. I believe it's called the Mick. Uh, McC- McCamey Manor. This house in San Diego is supposed to be the scariest haunted house ever and they have a 40-page waiver. Let's call
2: this what it is. This is a slaughterhouse. It's not like a haunted house where, you, oh, it's spooky and scary. Like, the things that they say could happen to you, this is some sadistic plan to kill people. Oh,
1: side effects include death,
2: like seizures, what?
1: people being balded, not by being shaved, but by their hair being ripped out of their heads. You're,
2: you could be, um, what was it? You might, uh, you, you might have your nails pulled out or you something You might have your
1: nails pulled out of their nail beds, you also might have your tooth extracted. You
2: have to, Oh, the other the thing I was thinking of was you have to be willing to eat your own vomit.
1: Yes, you have to be willing to eat your own vomit and or hair.
2: What the fresh hell? Yeah,
1: and then on top of all of that, they say that there's a safe word, but then it says that you might have horrible injury or death, so if you're not using the safe word by then, I don't know what's wrong with you, but they say that you have to pay a bunch of money in order to go to this thing, if you complete it, you're going to get $20,000, but no one ever has completed it. I am shocked that this is the first I'm even hearing about this place, this is insane to me, and now apparently there's a petition to stop it, because I was looking up more about it after we got off the air I was like this is hold on a minute is this real because I swore this was a fake story the
2: petition is probably from the one million moms thing (laughs) which the one million moms is 36,000 moms on Facebook or something like that all right right.
1: well I'll be the one million first non-mom mom okay because I will sign this petition really to stop this death haunted house? I yeah, mean, would you not sign this petition? Well,
2: I mean, I think if people want to do it, go, have go, you know, live your life. Just Get it let, how you live.
1: let Darwinism take its
2: course. Listen, only... <laughs> yes, let Darwinism take its course. I just think if if this is something you... You read that waiver, which people probably aren't, but you read that waiver and you still go into that haunted house... Sis, sorry.
1: Well, yeah, but then there's got to be some kind of responsibility held from the person that owns and operates the house. Because, I mean, I kind of mentioned this yesterday, and then I saw one aptly make the point on Twitter saying that this is the most genius psychopath killer ever. Because he gets to just have people over at the house and torture them legally because they've signed a waiver. Like, how did no killer ever come up with that idea? Like, oh, hold on just have them sign a waiver
2: i mean actually it's not a bad idea
1: but does wavering stop crimes like is that just because
2: i mean essentially it's consent you yeah, know what but I mean? if you're
1: consenting to getting murdered isn't it still murder
2: i i would think the mur- the death part because i'm thinking even like okay if we're gonna get really into the weeds here yeah if you're like assisted suicide is still illegal in a lot of states right i think california may not have that law but like even if you're going, to, if you're consenting to being murdered, right. like I think that might—I don't know—that's a weird gray area.
1: I just would think that maybe the Supreme Court will take it up. Would, <laughs> I would like to hear Ruth Bader Ginsburg's thoughts. Exactly, thoughts, yeah. Because I wonder if she agrees with you or she's just like Darwinism.
2: That's. Uh I don't know. Actually, the more I think about that, I don't know what the legal the legal side of that is. And if they have a 40-page waiver, I imagine they had some really busy lawyer working on a lot of paperwork before they opened so, up this place.
1: Right. So then you have to think about the trail of this and where it started. Some guy said, OK, hold on, I've got this manor money
2: and this manor money. <laughs> I want to
1: do something macabre with it. And I want to the
2: dictionary dot com word of the day yesterday. Macabre? I didn't do it because I knew we knew what that word meant.
1: Oh, it's such a good word. So he was going, But, you know, I'm probably going to run into some legal battles with, you know, maiming and murdering people. So why <laughs> don't I just talk to a lawyer and see what the lawyer thinks? And the lawyer's like, yeah, yeah, we can get around this. Hold yeah, on, Let me just draft problem. something up for you. Uh, this is one of the news reports for the petition.
3: Sparking debate this evening, more than 13,000 people have signed an online petition to shut down the McKamey Manor. Now, while the Summertown owner calls it the ultimate scare experience, many others disagree, calling it a torture chamber in disguise. Shut down McKamey Manor is continuing to get more signatures over on change.org. The scare experience is said to last up to 10 hours. Participants must be cleared by a doctor, along with signing, get this, a 40-page waiver. The owner says no one has ever made it through
1: uh, that entire experience. So change.org is where the petition is. Chain.org is where this all started. I,
2: I'm thinking to myself, like, when they say no one has ever made it through, it makes me think, okay, so people must be using their safe word. It's like,
1: chipmunk! Yeah. Chipmunk! Yeah.
2: Like, you know Banana I mean? pudding!
1: Exactly. Banana pudding! Exactly. I mean, do you get to choose your own safe word?
2: Is your safe word banana pudding? <laughs> yes,
1: it's two It's two words. Katie's, banana like,
2: Katie's allergic to bananas, so Whenever you say a banana pudding, <laughs> she's like, bored, abort,
1: abort, abort! say a food that she doesn't like. That's hilarious. Kale, kale.
2: I love banana pudding. <laughs> banana pudding.
1: But there is also video clips, because I was wondering who has actually been through this thing. Because I know, Emmy, you said that you were going to go. Did you ever meet anybody who did go? Because there was some video footage in this news broadcast of people in the haunted house. I didn't even realize that you could take video of it. I would assume that would be yeah. one of the pages in the 40. Page waiver is do no not cameras. take any. footage I would imagine. Of this. Yeah,
2: I wouldn't want people to bring cameras in there. This
1: one said it's in Tennessee, though. I thought the one that you guys were referring to was the one in San Diego. Wait, there's more than one of these? Holy crap! Yeah. They have multiple locations. This isn't locations. the one that I almost did because when I was listening to one of the newscasters on the story, it said it was in Tennessee. So the one that you did was in San Diego, I didn't or it, that, that you were going did. to do? Yeah, it's
2: in San Diego. But
1: did you look at the waiver? No. But it was the same kind of idea where you have where to pay you're...
2: for the waiver. Like they, you, you have, <laughs> you have to, to pay for the waiver. It's like a 200 oh, no, three hundred dollar no. like oh, thing you to get you, it. Have to a t- you have to pay the you have to pay the ticket to see the waiver. Yeah. Got that. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Okay, all right. But then it's got to be something. But then the one that you that you were talking about it was also called McCainley Manor or whatever. McMamie. It's something like very very similar to that. Like maybe McKinsley or something of that nature. Yeah. Unbelievable.
2: We should start a haunted house.
1: We should start a torture chamber, we because should, obviously, like, this is the way to go.
2: Based on our uh, Tales from the Millennial Crypt. So, like, <laughs> you get in there, and the avocado toast is turned brown. And you have no oh, service. All I have to do is show, my, uh, my pay stub, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to just, like, it has to be, like, um, you go to a job where they don't they don't give you, like, naps.
1: Yeah, and they don't and have it's like, a ping pong Ooh. table.
2: Exactly. There's no ping pong table.
1: It's fluorescent lighting.
2: <clears throat> I think, oh my God, we should do a Millennial Haunted House A Millennial house Haunted
1: year. House. That would be great.
2: Yes. And, and there's, can, like,
1: no good lighting for a selfie.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we can...
1: You try <gasps> to take video, but you oh my can't because it looks bad and oh. you don't want to
2: post it? We can have it at CornCon next year because <laughs> it's October 30th. <laughs> okay,
1: now you're just being ridiculous.
2: No, because Corn Con, it has to be October 30th next year because that's Candy Corn Day. National Candy Corn Day. So we would do it only on Halloween? It'd be at Corn Con. We'll have a oh, big so millennial like a haunted, haunted house. Mi- like
1: a millennial haunted maze. Yes. Oh, okay.
2: And you go inside and there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah. And you can't get phone service.
1: And like nothing's recyclable?
2: Like nothing's recyclable. The We're lighting like, is so- This is all
1: plastic hay. The
2: lighting is so bad that it ruins your selfies. Yes. Um. Oh my God. I'm adding this to the document. Excuse me.
1: Everyone's still wearing those shirts with the holes in the shoulders, even though they've gone out of fashion.
2: They still have like the stripes down the side of your jeans, because they're <laughs> completely out of style. You handle the show. I'm going to handle the roster right. here. Okay.
1: All right. More on the docket, and Open we're filling out. If you'd like to attend the Millennial Haunted Maze and Korn Con Korn 2020, Con please RSVP at DTS Show on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. with The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject, Allie and Jarrett. And we're in day, what is it? Day three, I believe, or four of the Getty fire. Oh, no. No, no, day, no. no it's, day it's, two. Day, it's day two. Yeah. yeah, because it happened at 1 one thirty yesterday, morning, yesterday yeah. morning. Okay. They have returned some people to their homes as we talked to Ken Charles yesterday they i believe lifted the evacuation orders on some of the residents that were closer to the ocean but anybody who is in the original site where the fire first began is still out of their homes there's about 7000 people that are still out of their homes included in that is uh, our friend LeBron James him and his family evacuated and they were unable to find a hotel room I don't know how that's possible, but LeBron James was without a hotel room, and it has. I'm sure, a- he
2: has plenty of friends that have a spare bedroom,
1: have spare houses.
2: Uh, I was gonna say like uh, a guest house or something. That yes. Can
1: how can you be that big in the Los Angeles area and be like, guys, I can't find a hotel?
2: I mean. Hotels are full. LA's a popular place. I mean, place.
1: I get it, but you just made the point. Like, there are a million friends this guy can stay at. Oh, with.
2: well, yeah. I mean, I think he'd probably rather stay in a hotel than at a friend's place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, but his friends probably got nice places too. I'm sure they
2: do. They're like, All with a wait right. staff.
1: Yes. They're like, we'll hire the extra, we'll get the extra holiday staff. We'll get them over here right. to make what you want. Anyway everyone has, you know, when these fires break out, they start talking about the go bag, what's supposed to go in the go bag and there is a list that I just found of what you're supposed to pack in a go bag and this is just an emergency, any kind of emergency go bag. It's not necessarily just for fires, but this is a go bag that they say you're supposed to have at all times in your house in your domicile, in your residence ready to go at any given time Some people are calling them apocalypse bags now.
2: Well, I mean, I know that the CDC had some like zombie apocalypse uh, kit that you should have and I was like, the CDC is doing this? Yeah. But I do remember... It's uh, true, though. Uh,
1: I've seen yeah, yeah, billboards yeah, yeah. No, it's a on real thing. preparing for the zombie apocalypse.
2: Right. Well, I the thing I was thinking to myself is like, what are the things I'm thinking I would put into a go bag?
1: Alright, what are and the literally, things...
2: So I was out grabbing coffee for us before the show and I was thinking about this and I thought the literally the first thing I thought to myself and it sounds so ridiculous, my thought was how long is my hair in this situation?
1: <laughs> Why did you like, think that?
2: Because like my hair being the length that it is now, like you guys have seen me on Instagram, or if you can go to our Instagram and it's see, It's almost an inch. It, no, it's it's about two inches if I pull it out. Like uh-huh. it's curly, but like I'm like okay, if I have if I've shaved my head or if it's if I'm bald, it's a whole different go back because this <laughs> requires this requires the shampoos, the conditioners, the product, the the brush, the so the you're more sponge. concerned
1: with your. Appearance than anything else, well, in survival like, itself.
2: Well, because there's some stuff that like is going to go in the bag regardless, right? There's oh. pants and socks and shirts and drawers and waters okay. and all that.
1: Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. You've got five minutes. Let's. Hypothetical here. You mm-hmm. have five minutes to pack a go bag and get out. What is the what are the first things that you put in I your go t- bag?
2: I have to explain to you the type of bitch that I am. I was on an air I was on a cruise ship where I worked on a cruise ship for a while. Do you remember when the carnival cruise ship had that fire and they were stuck out in the water with no power and people were crapping all over the place and <laughs> eating Pop Tarts? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> How
1: I can was, I forget crapping all over the place and eating pop tarts? That's my weekend.
2: There you go. So while that was happening, I was aboard a cruise ship working and that was like in the Mexico, in the waters of Mexico. I was in uh, the Gulf of Mexico on the other side of, of Mexico. The night that that was the story that was going on, the night that that happened, a fire happened on the ship that I was on. What? Exactly. Because they'd had a fire on that That's ship. That's
1: some apocalypse crap right there. Exactly. So Did you start crapping all over the place fr- and eating Pop Tarts? I
2: will. I'm always eating Pop Tarts. Who are we kidding? <laughs> but I um, like th- I literally had just walked into my into my my dorm or whatever. I had sat down on the bed. I had taken off one shoe, and the alarm came on. And like the captain comes on, and he's like, "Alert, alert!" And he says it in the five different languages, but he sounds scared. Oh. Lord. And I was like, and he's like this German guy who's you know never shaken. So to hear shakiness in his voice made me nervous. Okay, well, everyone,
1: well, it's no problem. <coughs> just get back together. Uh, uh, he,
2: we're going to die. And now. like you can hear like alarms going off behind him. It was <sighs> it was scary. Oh lord. So I literally put my shoe back on I changed into a different shirt because I said to myself what you're not going to do is have me on CNN looking crazy (laughs) so I put on a better shirt and I I grabbed my bag and I was like let's do this so I'm the person that's going that you're not going to catch me in that type of situation and I'm looking crazy on television
1: Okay, so you're, the first thing that you worried about was how you were going to look before you died.
2: Well, because my bag is already ready to go.
1: Okay, well, that's true. And and then I know, Emma, you had a near brush with death where you were in a plane and lightning struck the plane. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so then, in that <laughs> yes. situation, you already had a go bag, too, because you've got your overhead bag or whatever bag you packed. Well. But I would be dying. Uh, well, <laughs> right. Well, but if you yeah, had survived true. the plane crash, I mean, I guess you've got other passengers that you can yeah. use as lunch if you really need to. Oh. But you know, in that situation, in both of your situations, you're traveling. You're in the process of traveling, so you have no go bag to pack.
2: But see, I'm worried about like I'm going to have to get into an escape boat, and the news is going to come like push what the happened kids out here. Of the
1: escape boat. I'm
2: also, exactly because I mean we don't need children, um, and I've. I'm thinking to myself, like, this is going to be a story. CNN is going to be out here. You're going to ask us what happened. I'm an employee on the ship. You're going to ask me. I'm always, I'm a news person, so that's how my brain works.
1: Okay, this is what you're supposed to put in a go bag. At least one bottle of water per person, but try for more. One? Uh, my, yes, but my first thing that I'm thinking of packing is not water. I could find water in so many other places. Anyway, food, you will need at least uh let's see you should take at least enough food for three days but make it last longer if needed that's what i'm
2: trying to understand how one bottle of water is like
1: yeah i don't so katie when we got the first fire warning a couple weeks ago she bought a big costco-sized thing of water and it is sitting in our trunk right now so i guess that's helpful okay flashlights Mm -hmm. again i don't understand they have all this at the evacuation center
2: If you can get to it. Shelter
1: and warmth, at least one warm blanket or sleeping bag, moist towelettes, a mess kit with utensils, Mm. a rain jacket or a poncho, matches in a waterproof container. I don't have that. Cell phone chargers. I don't know where you're going to charge them with no power. Oh, solar patterned or hand crank radio. There you ah, go. Ah, there you go. Radio saves the day, everybody. It always does. Local maps to be marked. See, that's the other things. Millennials Who aren't going to be able to get around. Nobody has those. And then finally, well, there's a lot more here, but the last one we have time for is paper and a pencil. Oh. If you need to leave a note or mark your map, this can be used. And then a whistle. I don't know what the hell... A Let's whistle you is going to get, get people's you.
2: Attention. I we got to get so. I got to get your attention so we can get out of All here. Right. We got more coming up right after this.
1: Drop the subject. We'll be right back.
0: The new channel Q. Drop
1: the subject. The new channel Q. Hmm. It is time to. It's not time for drop the president yet, but it is time to blow the whistle because <laughs> there have been some updates in the whistleblower scenario, and. New people are testifying before Congress. Is that correct? Jared, I feel like there's a new person every day now.
2: Well, most uh, most days of the week right now they have people testifying. Um, So a lot of things are happening in Congress this week uh, pertaining to the whistleblower situation that has sparked the impeachment process. Um,
1: uh, I saw that it was kicking into high gear.
2: I and mean, then I, feel then like I also I was kicking into higher gear. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I mean like I that's guess always that's, always that's just
1: the natural progression of an exactly. impeachment inquiry, right? Yeah. And then I did hear that Donald Trump was saying that they're interviewing people that he doesn't even know.
2: Yeah, of course he is, because um, he knows no one and nothing. Um, this story comes from <laughs> the, the Huffington Post headline says White House official who listened to Trump call repeatedly passed concerns to superior. So today, um, a, a gentleman by the name of Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman is going to be testifying before Congress. Um, he is the first person who's going to be testifying before Congress that was actually on the call. Um, everyone else has like had access to the data or was, you know, kind of on the periphery of the situation or there was, or was handling there? documents and stuff like that.
1: Wasn't there one person who refused to testify because there was somebody who didn't show up yesterday?
2: Yeah, I mean, they've had plenty of people. Um, the White House has definitely been stonewalling testimony and documents and all that kind of okay. stuff. So if there, most people have been um, have been doing this, but this person actually is uh, it is a White House person who is going. And so um, it says the top Ukraine expert on the National Security Council was so concerned about President Donald Trump's demands that the country investigate former Vice President Joe Biden that he repeatedly reported his objections to a superior. He will tell lawmakers today um, uh, all of that information. It says, Army Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman uh, is a veteran of the Iraq War. He plans to share his concerns when he speaks with lawmakers as part of the House Democrats' impeachment inquiry. Vinman is notable. Um, Because he's the first administration official to testify that was listening on that call that happened on July 25th, where we all saw that um, the transcript that came out that really kind of laid out exactly what happened in the conversation. So it'll
1: be nice to hear firsthand testimony about what he actually heard versus what we've been
2: reading. One of the interesting things that we will um, seemingly learn, uh, well, that Congress will learn and we will probably learn a little bit later is how accurate and how thorough that um, transcript was because it, the transcript itself says this is a partial transcript, right? Even when Donald Trump goes out and talks about it and says that it's a, a complete, a full transcript, this the document it says at the very beginning that this is like a, a partial document.
1: Yeah, so he's gonna be like, Yeah, no, they totally left out the part where they were complimenting each other's manhood. Exactly. Uh, you know, well just literal ego stroking. Or not could, just the ego. It could it actually phone sex be something it was.
2: it was basically phone sex between Zelensky and Trump. Um, but it could also he could reveal like small things like that, or it could be something even more significant that's not in the call.
1: Like because oh remember, they said the four hundred million dollars.
2: Exactly. Because remember, This incriminating piece of content came out from the White House. They drafted this and then sent it out. So they had all of the opportunity to be able to decide what was going to go in. But more importantly, what was not going to go into it.
1: And it's interesting to it'll be interesting to hear who he repeatedly passed on his concerns to. What do you mean? Because he, you said he repeatedly passed his concerns oh, onto general, a yes, in, in, yes. onto a superior. Yeah. So who's who was that, and what was said, and how many times did he go to that person, and what was their response? Like, nah. Yeah, eh, you pesky Lieutenant well, Colonel, you.
2: Last night, um, his opening statement came out. He says that, quote, he was concerned by the call. He says, I did not think it was proper to demand a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen. And I was worried about the implications for the U.S. government's support of Ukraine. What's going to be interesting here is he is a decorated war veteran, um, at a Ukrainian immigrant um, who's a first generation immigrant here. Um, I believe he was even injured in war. So, like, he is going to be someone that is going to be hard for Republicans to just bash attack. and yeah. say he's a terrible person or he's a Democrat or or the deep state or something like that. It's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this. And later on this week, I believe on Thursday, the House will vote on the impeachment resolution. And oh, that's that means,
1: happening this Thursday? Yeah,
2: it's coming up on Thursday.
1: Oh, can we do a party? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Wait, we that's have, Halloween?
2: It's going to be the actual season premiere of the impeachment. So uh, we've got to wow. take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more. Uh, Drop the subject.
0: Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the
1: subject. The
0: new Channel Q.
1: All right. Well, you know, there are many trends that you wonder why they're trends. You wonder how they became as big as they did. And then you think, well, now people are getting hurt. Okay, now people are dying. Maybe this should no longer be a trend. And in this case, I'm talking about gender reveals. Of course, you can't reveal any kind of news anymore without doing something big, even if it's just a prom promposal. you got to do a big viral video, and then before you know it, someone's hanging out of a blimp saying, will you go to prom with me? And then they end up in the ER, and you wonder, was it all worth it? Well, <laughs> Jenna Reveal...
2: Could it possibly be?
1: <laughs> could it possibly have been worth it? Even just little selfies. Is it worth it? Trip to the ER, trip to the cemetery, that's non-refundable. <laughs> So there was a gender reveal party that happened over the weekend, and uh, and I I don't remember if you were here that day, Jarrett, but we were talking about another gender reveal that went wrong, where this guy was trying to get smoked like the the either pink or blue smoke to come out of his tires when he was doing like mm, yeah, donuts, yeah. and then it, it, it the car exploded and it was a big mess. So th- you'd think people would learn from that.
2: You, well, would they? A gender reveal
4: party goes horribly wrong. Police in Iowa say a homemade device meant to reveal a powder instead exploded. A 56-year-old family member was killed. So, Authorities say debris struck the woman in the head. She died instantly. The debris then flew over 400 feet.
1: 400 happened feet? happened
4: in Knoxville. Police say the device was a metal cylinder packed with gunpowder. The tape on top allegedly led to the explosion. Authorities also say the family hoped to post the reveal on social media.
1: Okay, so here's what happens. (laughs) They say, let's create our own homemade device. They go DIY with it. They're not even going to buy, you know, the expensive gender reveal poof ball thing. They're going to make their own. They're going to go to Pinterest. Hey, why don't we just create a little ball of gunpowder?
2: Oh, my God.
1: And then uh, I, I guess where they went wrong, according to this report, was the tape. They're blaming the tape, that the piece of tape on top of the homemade device was what really screwed everything up. They said, "Oh, what's the uh, what's the gender going to be? Everyone gather round." And then it explodes. Shrapnel flies 400 feet hitting one of the family members in the head and instantly killing family member.
2: 400 feet, though?
1: That is so many feet. Well,
2: because when I say she wasn't even there, I'm like, was this person even at that party (laughs) or was she, like, in her own backyard? You know what I mean? Like, 400 feet is a long... Yeah, 400 feet is a long way away.
1: Yeah, and you know what? If we're going to do gender reveals... Just go cupcakes. Everyone loves cupcakes. It's fun. Woo! There's something blue. Or do in there. a big or
2: cake and you cut it in. You cut into it and see what si- what color the slice is. Or like-
1: better yet, do a genderless reveal. Well, I mean, well, there's just nothing. It's just really, green cupcakes.
2: Really, this is really highlighting the um, the unnecessary and traumatic nature of gender as a norm.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Why do we have to care about the baby's gender before it's even born? Getting
2: totally channel Q.E. on you here. Why don't I mean, we just
1: you open it and there's no cupcake inside? It's just empty.
2: It's oh, that's actually a little sad. <laughs>
1: Sadder than someone dying. Exactly. I mean, well, okay, not
2: nearly as sad as someone dying. Fair (laughs) enough. But, like, I mean, geez, Louise, I'm, I, the 400 feet away part is probably what disturbs me the most. Is like, what happened to the people that were, I don't know, standing next to it? I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean,
1: mean, maybe they're scarred for life. Maybe they have shrapnel built into their faces now that they can't get out.
2: I just, and I'm like, did they even find out what it was? Like, I just, (laughs) there's so many questions. Right. Like,
1: what was the gender?
2: I you're right. I mean, like (laughs) explosive was the gender
1: just gunpowder?
2: Oh my god, this is crazy. Yeah.
1: Then they decide whether or not. Like, do you think there was something in the back of their mind
2: going, should we still post it? exactly like like, how do you get excited like it's a girl oh my god it's
1: it's blood
2: and i'm also thinking if this was 400 feet away like did they even see like it hit the woman like this was a long way away do you like find out like an hour later oh my god it hit someone and killed them
1: i mean death by gender reveal that's a bad way to go
2: that's about as bad as that's worse
1: than dying by looking at porn while driving
2: has that happened Yes. Is that a thing? Yes. Who's looking at porn while driving?
1: A lot of people. Are you serious? Yes. I may or may not be one of them. Uh, While you're driving? I'm talking, you talk to any trucker. They have watched porn while driving, and they have done the deed while driving.
2: Oh, I actually believe that. I feel like truckers are freaks. Like, they, they get into some stuff. <laughs> well, you gotta K-NK be. Stuff. exactly. You gotta There's
1: f- weird things happen in that cab. All right. <laughs> news it or lose it is on deck. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back.
0: The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
2: Drop the subject presents... Subject. Lose It or Lose
1: It. it. it.
2: Lose It
1: or Lose It. Lose It! Lose It! it. It's a a gift. (laughs) Here you go. There's the bell. I've got five headlines. Let's
2: do this thing. Let's do this thing. Let's
1: do it. Headline number one, Jarrett. This couple bought their L.A. dream home, but the yard was full of this.
2: Wait, say that one more time.
1: This couple bought their L.A. dream home, but then their yard was full of this.
2: Oh, I think I know what this is. Yes. What do you, all right, I can't Isn't wait to find like, out what you think it is. I feel like, okay, all right. I'll wait.
1: Headline number two, spend a lot of time on your phone. This self-care app just made that a good thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Headline number three, Walmart sparks panic and confusion in the dish soap aisle. <laughs>
2: Anything happening in Walmart is always more fascinating than it should be. So I mean, use it.
1: Panic and confusion just seems like any other day at Walmart. I don't understand how the dish soap aisle is any different. Headline number 4, the next job going the way of the robot. Umpires.
2: Oh. Um That's something I wouldn't see going to a robot. Okay, news Mm -hmm. it.
1: And then finally, ten years later, Balloon Boy Dad still insists saga was no hoax.
2: Oh God, loser! (laughs) You almost had a five for five. I don't
1: even know what that is. Okay, the Balloon Boy.
2: I think he was sick or something. I don't know. Bubble Boy. Oh, is that a different guy? Is that
1: this? I don't know. Are there Bubble Boys and Balloon Boys different? They're different. Both Ginger of the producers are shaking yes. their heads like, "Okay, I don't know what you're talking all about. right." An LA dream home that's had a yard full of something. Uh, if you're spending a lot of time on your phone, this self care app could be for you. Walmart sparking. There's. Panic and confusion the dish soap aisle And then the next job that's going the way of the robot We'll talk about all that when we get back
2: But first, here's Lizzo from We Can Survive With Good As Hell I love this song
1: Drop the subject We'll be
0: right back The new Channel Q Drop the subject The new Channel Q Hold on, hold on
2: I had just gotten (laughs) tired I was like, oh gosh, the microphone is all the way over there. I was saying to you, I had just started getting tired of that song. Like, it had just been like...
1: Don't you speak those words. Well, I know, and
2: I actually had never said it out loud to people, because I'm like, I love Lizzo, but, like, I hear the song so much, I had just started being like, "Eh, okay, I don't have to hear this again. And now it's, like, refreshed and renewed for me all again.
1: Once an hour is a lot to listen to anything. Yeah. Even things that you really love. And there are things that have... Even great songs have a high burnout rate for people like us, because we hear these songs constantly every single day. So, yeah, eventually you will reach a point where even a song you love you're like okay i think i've i think i've reached my limit yeah and then they come out with the we can survive version and you're like never mind
2: well for me I one of my favorite things that doesn't really happen anymore is like artists would put like a, a live album out and they'd be like the instrumentation is different the music sounds different like it just feels bigger and different and Art, I can't remember the last time an artist put out, like a, a, a current artist put out a, a live album, and it just, it feels so different, and so I'm. it makes me want that even mm. more. Like, why don't artists do that anymore? It's so yeah, good.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Bigger um, and Different is a great new tagline for 2020 <laughs> for Channel Q.
2: I think you're making fun of me.
1: No. Um, it's
2: time <laughs> for News It or Lose It. <laughs> Bigger and Different. Drop Bigger, The Subject different. Presents... News It or Lose It. All
1: right. I'm going to tell this first story about uh, a man who bought in L.A. Well, it was a couple who bought uh, their dream home in Los Angeles only to find their yard was full of something. Uh, Okay, wait. Do you happen to have any kind of scary, spooky music for Halloween? Ah.
2: Oh, no. Wait.
1: It was a Saturday
2: morning in April. Okay.
1: And Zach Whedon had committed himself to a little
2: yard work. Wait, his name is Zack, and the last name is Whedon?
1: Yep, and okay. then he went thought, outside and did some Whedon.
2: I thought you were saying his name was Zach Whedon, and I was it's like, oh no, is this one of my people?
1: <laughs> no, Zach Whedon. Whedon. Okay. Zach is definitely, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, a white guy.
2: Probably, but I know a couple of black Zacks.
1: You know some black Zacks? Mm-hmm. Sweden, 40, a screenwriter with a boyish face and auburn hair, decided to plant sage and lavender and rosemary up white. In the garden of the (laughs) Highland Park home he had purchased with his wife, Eliza. He said... I started digging, and I immediately found two bags. There were all these little bones. Oh, my God. My first thought was, that's got to be a cat. But the other bag was sealed. I couldn't tell. Whatever was in there was intact. The first bag was a white kitchen trash bag with loosely fastened cinch ties. The second was a bag of grocery store plastic... Oh, wait. Uh, was a grocery store plastic bag securely taped shut. He tore it open and was greeted by an intact dead cat cat. Oh my god. The fur was slick. Totally odorless, he says.
2: Totally odorless? That's such a weird detail.
1: Yeah, so apparently his backyard is full of cat corpses. That's okay. what I'm getting
2: at. I thought this is what I, I saw a headline for this and I was like, uh, no. He
1: dug four more holes and found four more bags. This called for a soundtrack. He chose Elton John's Circle of Life from the Lion King. to pl- This is getting oh, way too descriptive. Okay. He says that he found six cats in the backyard,
2: total. What the hell?
1: Oh no, wait! Oh, I'm reading on. Whedon guessed there might be as many as 20 cats buried in the backyard. Based
2: on what? Are there like 20 headstones?
1: No, I think he's di- he's digging and finding more and more bags oh, of cat God. bodies. This and is this great. is a terrible story to do on National Skip Cat Day. Get to the
4: bottom of the article.
1: No, that 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 do. Well, this is a long, do, 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 do. long, long, long uh to which part ginger justin this is a, at a dinner party I'm there's a creeped. whole thing about a dinny, dinner party bar, a dinner party someone had brought a cat ouija board
2: i'm totally creeped out by the idea that there's just a bunch of dead cats i'm like was this like a cat serial killer in someone's yard like in their own front yard and they were just burying cats also if this is in the front yard why did no one ever see the person burying these no cats? i think this is
1: the backyard
2: oh backyard okay i
1: think it's the backyard can, what are you look doing? On, the look oh. on
2: Emmy's face is like <gasps> disgusted. And okay, out.
1: all right, here we go. We gotta go. By the time Ozinski arrived, Whedon had unearthed twenty-second seven cats. By the day's end, the death count had risen to forty-five. What? Eliza's mother, who was glued to Instagram watching Whedon's grim process, DM'd him to say that he had to evacuate under. Oh, had to excavate under the plants in the garden as well. The day. A day later, he removed the plants, tilled every inch of the plant bed. And unearthed seven more bags, bringing the cat count to anyone, anyone, fifty-two cats.
2: What?
1: There was a cat serial killer. Now we know. No, now we have to investigate. This is a, a Channel Q mystery this that must is, be solved. You do
2: love a true crime story,
1: especially, and I love all cat
2: stories. Uh, not this. One hundred
1: and eight legs.
2: Emmy, hit the button.
1: Drop
0: the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject, the new Channel Q.
2: Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared Hill. That's Allison Johnson. And this is our show. (laughs) We are in the middle of...
1: Well, I'm paying attention.
2: (laughs) We're in the middle of (laughs) losing or losing. And I want to let you know that you can find all of uh, the things that we talk about on this show. You can follow us on the social media. at DTS show on Twitter or Instagram. But you can also um, download the podcast every day. We upload our podcast at the end of the day. And you can catch up on what you missed because I'm sure that you have not heard all four hours of the show.
1: Yeah and uh, just a a little side note somebody uh, messaged us after I guess we read one of their messages about leaving us a positive review Mm -hmm. and they said they wanted to follow up because we read it on the air Oh, and they said hey guys thanks for the shout out just wanted to say Ali you pronounced my name right and thanks Jarrett for assuming I'm a man I guess I write masculine
2: I was saying that the name was Jamie and I know like multiple guys named Jamie so I just kind of assumed it was a, a guy and apparently I was wrong. Okay, well, you're a sexist. um, But also, uh, thanks to Chris Contreras um, yesterday. I don't know. You didn't read that tweet? No, I guess I didn't. What was Um, it? The one yesterday when you were talking about the defense. Um, on a baseball? Since, since you want to read tweets and things, <laughs> since you want to read the messages that are coming in, um, Chris Contreras gave us a, a a beautiful shout out on on the Twitter yesterday. All right,
1: you know we have to get to news It, it or was a
2: delightful tweet. Um, you were talking about defense chants at baseball games, <laughs> and I told you okay, that is it not a thing. Sounds dumb when you say it. <laughs> it but he says uh, there's definitely no defense chant in baseball, basketball, and football. Yes, for once, Jared Hill. First of all, the for once is rude. <laughs> (laughs) Jared (laughs) is more knowledgeable about sports than Allison... Thank you. Then you're Allie Johnson.
1: Oh, thanks. Um, you can
2: follow Allie at your Allie Johnson. You can follow me at Jarrett Hill on the tweets and on the social media. Yeah,
1: and for anybody who loves it when we talk about sports, a gayest sports highlights of the week is coming up later in the show because Jury on Sunday, I believe it was on Sunday, a lot when a lot of the games were on, it was National Tight End Day, so it was especially gay. So who I have love a, a very special compilation there. Okay, let's talk about the. Th- we have three stories to get through, so let's do this. There's a new self care app that everyone is raving about and of course, you know, uh, trying to get your screen time down is something that a lot of people try to focus on when they think of self-care, you know, they think of getting into a bathtub and unplugging. Well, this is uh, basically the opposite of that. It's a new app called AlloBud, and it seamlessly encourages wellness prompts by showing them exactly where you are most likely to see them, which is right on your phone screen. So the interface, like, you download it, and then you can choose specific reminders, like rest, hydrate. Fuel, breathe, move. And you can create customized push notifications for as often or as not often as you would like. So, mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't really think of hydrating as self-care. I think that's just living.
2: Well, I mean, because people don't do it enough. And so it's like a reminder, like, hey, this is going to help you stay alive.
1: I, <laughs> I mean, I guess. I just feel like... My phone already has a lot of these notifications. I already, I mean, I have, my watch always tells me to breathe. My watch tells me to move. My watch tells me to stand. It tells my you plant, to breathe? Yes. What do you mean? It, I get a mo- notification like a few times a day that tells me to breathe. Like, and take, then
2: take a deep breath, you mean?
1: No, it says breathe. And then if I do it, I press start and I have a minute of deep breathing. Oh. Yeah.
2: That's deep.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then there's one on this app that says motivate. How does Sweetie, that are work? Are you not breathing? I mean. <laughs> Do we need to
2: talk about Probably. This?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Here's the next story. Emmy's like, wrap up. Walmart. Sparking panic and confusion in the dish soap aisle. This was a pandemonium over the weekend, and apparently the people to blame are not millennials. Because I know everyone wants to blame millennials for everything, saying, "Oh, there's a a, a bar soap sho- a shortage because you know millennials aren't eat, you know using bar soap anymore." Well, you know what? We are using dish soap. We're using so much of it, in fact, that there's a shortage. Yikes. And uh, it's not our fault. It's Procter and Gamble. Blame them because they did not make enough dish soap. And and a bunch of people went to Walmart over the weekend trying to get dish soap. And then they were flabbergasted and upset and tweeting and saying, what is going on? Why is there no dish soap in the in the soap aisle? And it turns out there was a national dish soap shortage. So the signs were up for customer awareness in the Walmart. And they expect that there are going to be some shortages through December 1st of dish soap.
2: Oh, the horror. So
1: please conserve, people. Finally... There are some bad calls that people are complaining about in the World Series, and it had everybody talking about the umpires and how you might need to change the fact that they're humans. Uh-huh robot umpires is something that a lot of people are now talking about and it could be the next job that could go the way of the robot i mean people get very upset about these calls with the world series a very important game you know you have seven chances to really prove yourself and win the world series and you have to rely on the the source that won't mess it up robots
2: i I don't know about that i think that's stupid well we gotta go um we got we'll be right back with more drop this we gotta
1: go Uh, we gotta go emmy's mad at me Drop
0: the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
2: So, Friday, we talked about the Katie Hill story where she uh, was, you know, kind of in some turmoil. And then, uh, based upon this divorce that she's going through with her ex, now soon to be ex husband, um, an inappropriate relationship that she had with a staffer, um, and also. Um, just like a, a whole firestorm around sexual relationships that she's had. And uh, then on on Monday, we talked about her announcement over the weekend that she was resigning. She's put out a video now um, where she looks, you can tell that she's really hurt looking at her in this video. Um, and this is how it began.
0: Hi, I'm Katie Hill, and
3: last night I announced the most difficult decision of my life, that I would be resigning from Congress. I made this decision so that my supporters, my family, my staff, and our community will no longer be subjected to the pain inflicted by my abusive husband and the brutality of hateful political operatives. This coordinated campaign carried out by the right-wing media and Republican opponents, enabling and perpetuating my husband's abuse by providing him a platform, is disgusting and unforgivable, and they will be held accountable.
1: So. This is different than or it does it coincide with the relationship that she was having with the staffer? Because I know that that there are several layers to this in terms of her marriage and the revenge porn aspect, which is completely not okay. But also if if she's having a relationship with a staffer, that also is problematic.
2: So there's a couple of different things happening here. So she had a relationship with her. um, She was married, obviously, to a guy. Um, her and her husband had uh, some kind of a consensual relationship with a third person, with a woman. And they had some kind of threesome situation, and there's photos of that that have come out. But then she also had some kind of a sexual relationship with a staffer. Uh, It was a man, uh, a a male staffer. And we know there's new Me Too rules that came in uh, in the last few years after we lost all those Congress folks to sexual harassment charges and all that. That say you cannot have any kind of a sexual relationship with anyone that's on your staff. Or that's on a committee staff that you're a committee that you're on.
1: Stay off the staff. And so
2: exactly, stay off the staff. Is, I think that's the name of the rule, and um, <laughs> and so her husband, uh, they believe her husband. Um, leaked all these photos to conservative media media um, of the relationship that she had with the woman that they were with. Um, and that is technically revenge porn. If that is what happened there, which is also which is illegal, illegal in California. Exactly. Um, I was just reading, doing some reading on this. And like one of the first cases, the case that actually, you know, made the, this a, a law here um, was a woman in 2013, excuse me, in 2014, um, Excuse me, 2018. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, this this case started in 2013, but um, a woman was awarded six and a half million dollars because her ex boyfriend released all these photos in a relationship that oh, started. Oh, I in remember 2013. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like this so is she a-
1: should be following through with this.
2: Seemingly. I mean, she's going to have to be able to prove that it came from him. Um, but, I mean, either way, like, nude photos of her or explicit photos of her and um, her husband and this woman um, are out. So, um, it's it's a sad situation to see happen because she's a freshman congresswoman. She's only been there uh, for a really short time. But, you know, we look forward to seeing what's going to happen. I think she'll end up on cable news within the next six to, six months to a year yeah. um, as a political analyst or something. Yeah, and I'm sure I think she has other work to do.
1: Nudes are a prerequisite to that.
2: Well, <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, really? I'll, I'll, back and, I'll oh, go back I, and look at my paper. I'll have
1: to check at the,
0: yeah, in the handbook. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. So,
2: a brand mm-hmm. new story um, mm-hmm. is evolving out of, are you loving the song?
1: Beep, beep, bop, boop. Thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) Just giving you a little visual Uh, pleasure here. Just a
2: little something to play with there. Um, So... There is a, this is a really good beat. There's a story that's coming out of North Carolina right now where um, there's a, a gerrymandering issue, and this is going to have a big impact on 2020, especially in that state specifically. Well, that's kind a
1: swing state, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, it's kind of swingy. Like the the votes are always pretty close in in North Carolina. Uh, uh, Donald Trump won by just like a couple, like I think three and a half percentage points. Uh, Mitt Romney beat Br- uh, Barack Obama just by about the same margin. So it's a pretty close state. They have 15 electoral votes, so it matters, um, and they're they're having this whole debate over gerrymandering. And basically, I kind of want to explain what gerrymandering is really quickly. Gerrymandering is when you are redrawing the lines of your district to basically be able to choose the voters that you get to be able to dominate dominate a map. So the Republicans have been doing this a lot in a lot of different states. And it's been happening kind of quietly. And a lot of people don't recognize that it's happening. But as they control more state houses, they are able to redraw the lines to be able to cut Democrats out of their, out of their district. Districts so that when elections come, they continue to get reelected. And it also is a, it happens that. Republicans in a lot of states do not win the popular votes when you look at how all of their their districts are broken down, but they end up controlling the state houses because they've won more districts, quite technically, because of the way they've redrawn the lines. Which
1: is so frustrating because you would think that, you know, when you're younger and you start learning about this stuff, you're like, Well, the, the person who gets the most votes is the one who wins. And then they have to be like, No, that's that's actually not what the process is like. And, yeah. and then it breaks down into this really complex system that you're like, How how who can Thought of this? How did this get? Yeah, created? no, it's
2: ridiculous. And so I wanted to call in someone, uh, David hackam far from Pride Legals here, and I wanted him to kind of uh, talk to us about like how this got started and, and where we are today. Um, and there's a lot of racial implications to this. David, how's it going?
4: Good morning, guys. How are you? Good v- to be here.
2: Of course, of course. Um, so Break this down for us.
4: Let, let's let's get a little deeper here. First of all, let's talk about the genesis of how we got here today. Um, Please. In 2011. Uh, The congressional districts enacted by the General Assembly of North Carolina were struck down as unconstitutional, uh, not for political gerrymandering. There's two types of gerrymandering we should talk about, racial gerrymandering and political gerrymandering. The difference is um, partisan gerrymandering operates by diluting the vote of a citizen's vote based on their political affiliation and we could say racial gerrymandering dilutes a citizen's vote based on their race. So in 2016, uh, the 2011 uh, congressional districts were ordered to be redrawn by the court. And now what's gone on, there's been a case brought that alleges political gerrymandering. So what the court looked at, they they did a three-part test on this and it's very interesting because when you look at the three part test, the state acted so egregiously. I mean, they said it was beyond a reasonable doubt that this was political gerrymandering. I believe they took it from ten they, they took it from an eight to four to a ten to two in Republicans to Democrats, uh, as a result of the restructuring. Um, I could go it's, over it's what a, those requirements are. It's quite interesting.
2: Yeah, no, and I mean, it's also, like, there are distinctions between political and racial, right? But, like, oftentimes, right. these, these... Those um, affect
1: each other, still. They
2: affect each other, right? Because we know that black voters tend to vote overwhelmingly Democratic. Uh, a, a Latino and Hispanic voters tend to have a little bit... They're a little bit less um, specifically loyal to one party or the other. But um, when, when we're looking at the racial divide, like, you, they know what they're doing, right? This, is not, this doesn't happen by accident. Um and and right. then the Supreme Court um, took this up and they like kind of kicked it back to the states earlier this year, um, which will make this more interesting in, in other states as it continues to, to kind of grow and evolve.
4: Well, with the um, there were some intervening defendants that came in who happened to all be Republicans. Ooh, good
2: legal language, David.
4: <laughs> and they tried to have the case moved to federal court um, and it stayed in the state courts. Um because they believed that they were the proper venue. And the state court did a three part analysis, which is which is an interesting three part analysis. They they looked at intent, effects, and causation. The plaintiffs that were alleging the gerrymandering had to prove that the state had a predominant purpose in drawing the district lines to quote entrench their party in power by diluting the votes of citizens disfavoring their rival. The court found that they did prove that. Second, the plaintiff had to prove that the lines drawn in fact had the intent to substantially dilute the votes. They proved that. What's interesting is in the third part of the test is it goes back to the test. It goes back to the state, excuse me. If the plaintiff could have proved the first two, this state, all they had to prove was there was a legitimate nonpartisan justification to preserve the map, and they couldn't do that. Mm.
1: So then now what's the next step? I know that you say, Jared, that this is going to affect the 2020 election. How do these lines get redrawn now that they've decided this?
4: Interesting question. And the state, the, the court addressed that. What they did was they said, first of all, those Republican intervening defendants that came in and worked on that 2016 map cannot be part of the process for drawing the 2020 map. And what they said was they're going to base the 2020 primary bat based on the 2020 census, which should be done around March. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some emergency stuff. 2020 is going to be a big time in North Carolina, and it's going to be handled then right around the time when the census results come out in 2020.
2: That's going to be really yeah. interesting to see. Yeah. David, we really appreciate you coming in to break this down for us.
4: It was my pleasure, guys. I hope I was
2: informative. You absolutely, absolutely. were. Always. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back.
4: Drop
0: the subject. We'll be right back with the new Channel Q. Drop the subject.
1: The new Channel Q. All right, moving right along. Here we learned something from our friend David Hackenfar earlier about gerrymandering.
2: Yeah, you you mentioned a thing that uh, we should probably make a comparison for to kind of explain it a little bit better. It's kind of like the Electoral College, kind of the way that Donald Trump lost the the popular vote nationally but still won the Electoral College. It's very similar in that way. That you can win. Uh, you can win power without necessarily getting all the votes because of the way that the lines are drawn. Yeah, yeah. and
1: they, so the, the Electoral co- College is sort of like gerrymandering on a national level.
2: Sort of, yes, yeah. That's kind of a, a good way to look at it.
1: And where are we at with getting rid of the Electoral College? I feel nowhere. like we decided to do that, and then that kind of went nowhere.
2: Well, it's that will literally never happen. It would take... Um, It would take the Republicans and the Democrats agreeing on getting rid of it. It would also take all of the states then ratifying it, Mm. and that would just never happen because it's now worked for Republicans twice in less than 20 years, and it's probably going to work for them a third time, and they would have no reason to want to get rid of it.
1: We have just the Tip Tuesday to get into, but one last question. Yeah. Will we be able to change the job requirements for running for president? Probably not. No?
2: Yeah, those are entrant in the Constitution. that would require a lot of approval from just, different people who okay, would Okay, we can't do just,
1: it. like, add a clause, like, hey, maybe you need to
2: hold office. I wish...
1: That seems well, like see, actually, who not, didn't think of that, that before. That would
2: not be a good thing, actually, because it would really limit the number of people who could run for president, which seemingly would have kept us from having Donald Trump. But it also would have. I mean, Barack Obama was a junior senior senator when he was when he yeah, ran for he, office. Then, right. Yes. But, but then like he
1: was he's holding office.
2: Right. But there there are plenty of other candidates who've not held office like Ronald Reagan wouldn't have gotten elected or uh, which, I mean, some people would be OK with that. Um, but like it when I, you when you start to dwindle down, like who can run for president, that gets in. Inherently problematic for women, for people of color, for poor people. So, like, there's a challenge to, like, saying, like, you have to meet X requirement. I guess Even so. though it, it would be better if we didn't have Donald Trump.
1: Right. But, I mean, I feel like there's got to be some experience. That's just a no-brainer to have some job experience but to run the country.
2: But it's also anti-democratic that way. Because, like, if the people choose that person knowing what their experience level is, then... That's what we get. We, the, the, the saying is like we get the, the government we deserve. And so, um, I mean, if if people see a person, you know, we insert CEO here, like Jeff Bezos runs for or something like that, right? Aside from all of the issues with him that people have. If people saw him and thought like, yes, he's the person that should lead us, knowing whatever they know about him or whatever issues they might have with him. That's how the democratic process is supposed to work.
1: Yeah. But then also
2: sometimes people are dumb. Well, most people are dumb. Let's just be honest. Right? So we're people like, are oh,
1: yay, this person, he like does Amazon, so he'd be a good president. But right. It's like, but you but don't elections really are know about,
2: that. Elections are popularity contests. They're not about like what's right and what's wrong. And I mean, our court system is the same way, right? It's not about what's right and what's wrong. It's about what you can prove or what you can convince people of. Huh.
1: All right. Well, this has been a very uplifting <laughs> conversation. Let's get to Just the Tip Tuesday, even though we're already running out of time. There are several things I we haven't even told you about what we're doing this week for Just the Tip Tuesday. I
2: love this one. This
1: is something that you found, Jarrett, that was very fascinating, and it was a list of some of the everyday things that you have around the house or that you have on your clothing that you really never knew had a purpose. You thought it was just kind of useless, and then before you know it, you will go through this list and you're like, oh my gosh, there is a hole in the tip of a ball pit. Ballpoint pen cap for a reason.
2: It's so crazy to me. Like I never even know. It's something I never even paid attention to. So
1: let's go through some of these. Yes, I know you one, have your favorites. Yes,
2: my favorite. That is one of my favorites actually. So every time you have a ballpoint pen, you might notice that the cap has some kind of a hole in it, and the or like some kind of like a breathing space. And some people assume, and I never even thought what it was for, but some people would assume that that was about keeping the ballpoint pen from drying out or I, the ink from drying I
1: I out. I thought it was just because I buy cheap pens and I couldn't buy a whole. Pen pen cap.
2: I've always seen, I don't I don't know that I've seen a pen, a ballpoint pen cap that didn't have a hole on it, now that I think about it, um, but it says, uh, this comes from a BuzzFeed article, by the way, it says a lot of people think the hole in the cap of a ballpoint pen is there to keep the pen from drying out, or that it's there to, um, to keep a pressure balance that prevents the pen from leaking. Again, another thing, I didn't think of it, it says the real reason it's there is much more straightforward. It's there to lower the risk of suffocation. If a small child was chewing on the cap and choked on it, the hole keeps their airway from closing up entirely. Wow! Isn't
1: that so crazy? it's saving the lives of little children right. who swallow pen caps.
2: That's crazy to me. Speaking
1: of little holes, and I know people with that uh, that fear. What is that fear of, is of it tiny holes? Tri-
2: trip trip does something mania.
1: This might be triggering for you because we're we're continuing with that theme. The little hole where the little hole in a plane window. When you
2: pop. Tri- Trippophobia.
1: Tri- Tripophobia. yes. That everyone decided tri-phobia. they had when the new iPhone got yeah. released. So there's a little hole in the plane windows and you think, oh, you know, it's just because I'm, no, I'm flying spirit and I can't pay for the entire window. But that's not the real reason. <laughs> the reason is to compensate for air pressure. So when the plane climbs to, you know, a cruising altitude, there's this huge pressure difference between the inside and the outside of the plane. So the hole... Regulates some of that difference so that the outer window doesn't have to do all the work.
2: And it prevents the window from fogging up.
1: Amazing. Which is Mind-blowing. Great. (laughs) Great. I've always
2: seen that little hole and never knew what that was about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I figured it had a purpose. I was like, that seems like it's there for a reason.
2: Um, It's definitely not an accident. No, no. Because
1: it's definitely there on all the windows. Okay.
2: So the next one, um, I'm going to tell you what it is, but I'm not going to tell you what it's for. We have to take a quick break. But the little extra piece of fabric that comes with your clothes, like sometimes it'll have like a little baggie with a, a button and a little piece of fabric and other things. I had no idea that was there for a reason, but of course it's there for a reason.
1: I know why it's there.
2: Well, yeah, we both know why it's, it's there It's for now. throwing
1: in the garbage.
2: That's that's actually not what it's for, Allison. That's what it's, what for, it's for. That's, it's for that's often, what happens, often what happens to it, <laughs> not why it's there. And then the little pocket in your jeans, I mean, I always use it for either chapstick, my keys, or change, but there, it's there for another reason that um, has some kind of, uh, I won't say ancient... Uh, Condoms. Condoms. No. I mean, it works for that. But no. <laughs> then there you go. Uh, we'll take a quick play, uh, we'll take a quick break. Um when we come back, we'll finish this up and then Dr. Jen Mann's coming up as well.
1: Yes, we're going to talk to her about coupled about uh, double dating with couples. So yes. if you're in a coupleship and you are dating a, 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 and you are double dating and maybe you don't like one of the people in the coupleship, That can be problematic, and Dr. Jen has the solution.
2: She does. That's all coming up next on Drop the Subject.
1: Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q.
0: Drop the Subject.
1: The new Channel Q. All right, Allie and Jarrett here, finishing up Just the Tip Tuesday. Today, we've been talking about those things in your house that you never knew actually had a purpose. Things like the hole in the pen caps of every ballpoint pen. They are actually there to prevent choking for children who knew
2: also the little hole in the window when you're on the airplane it's not just like someone was drilling a little hole in there it's actually to help um, with cabin pressure and also prevents the windows from fogging up
1: it's a defogger poor man's defogger
2: it's a poor man's defogger
1: (laughs) i thought i just had to spit into the window and rub it around nice work okay now let's move on to that little piece of fabric that comes with any kind of coat or jeans or yeah. any pretty much any clothing that you buy. You get a thing with a little button and a little swatch of fabric, and that has a purpose.
2: Exactly. So you know how when you get like a new detergent or you're working on cleaning something, it might say, like, oh, test a piece of the fabric so that you can see how the, the detergent or the bleach or whatever will respond to your fabric. Yeah,
1: I'm like, how am I, hel- I, hel- I, I going to do, do that? that? All right, That's Mr. what Snuggle. that little piece
2: of fabric is for so that you can toss it into the washing machine, pin it onto something or something like that, and see how it will respond to the wash cycle. That's brilliant.
1: I can't even trust myself with a so- with keeping two socks together. I don't know how <laughs> I would be able to keep you'd have a to, swatch of fabric. You'd have
2: to like safety pin it onto something else, wash it, and then it'd come With out the fine. safety
1: pin in there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can put safety pins in the wash? Absolutely. Oh, my yeah, mind is blown. That's actually how
2: people keep, keep their socks together as well. What? safety pin them together. I don't do it. It wouldn't but people rip do the th-
1: whole, okay. No, All right. yeah. That's a whole, You're okay. opening a Pandora. <laughs> I know, right? And then
2: me. that little pocket in your jeans, it's oftentimes on the right side, inside the pocket. There's like a smaller pocket. Um, I, I often use it for chapstick, my keys, or change, but apparently that dates back to, um, it says, the uh, the Wild West Cowboys or the 19th century gold miners. They would keep their pocket watches in that little pocket, and it's just kind of endured ever since then.
1: Well, I think that's adorable, but I also think, and I'm not even a condom user, but condom pocket, it does fit it perfectly. It depends
2: on the size of your condom. So, it does. Um, that... Can I just do one more? Go ahead.
1: Okay. That little arrow, because I'm just proud that I know this one, that little arrow on the side of your gas tank emblem. That
2: points left or right?
1: Yeah, that points left or right. That actually shows you where your gas tank is located on your right or your left side. And I feel so proud that I know that one.
2: As a person who rents cars often, it's really helpful because you you'd always like, oh, crap, what side of the car is this on? Um, All right. So that's just a tip Tuesday.
1: All right. It is Tuesday, which means, of course, that Jared and I are on the phone with our favorite Dr. Jen, licensed psychotherapist, who is here to answer all of our questions when it comes to love, sex, relationships and beyond. Dr. Jen, we've got a doozy for you. Oh, OK. I want to hear it. <laughs> so this is a, something that I found. It was an article on The New York Times, but it's something that I think happens to people. Uh, fairly regularly. It's but happened to me.
2: Before you even say what it is, I love the idea that we have a doozy for her. Like, we might ask her a question and she'd be like, Oh, I don't know.
1: Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And that's just never, leave it right there. I, I have no answer for you in all my studies. <laughs> exactly. Well, just it's us trying to stump I you. I've never encountered this ever. Yep. <laughs> I don't Does know. Does that happen? Next no.
2: Next question. Exactly. Yeah. So, what you got?
1: Okay. So, this is, uh, this comes from a person who, uh, you know, wrote into the New York Times. They're anonymous. They said, My husband and I have become close friends with a man that he met through work. He and his wife, they live nearby. We've gone out with them a few times. And I like my husband's friend But my husband and I really hate the wife. Mm. We have tried, but she is cold. She's rude. She's a Debbie Downer. And we have no interest in seeing her. And the problem is that my husband, his friend, keeps inviting us to socialize with them as a couple. And we keep saying that we're busy because they don't like the wife. So what happens when you're double dating with somebody, but you don't like one of the people in the coupleship? How do you navigate that? Because I've run into this problem as well.
3: And, and we all have, and it's it really is almost as difficult, probably more difficult in many ways, as when you're single and dating, looking for a partner, because you don't just have to find one person, but you have to find two people that you can get along and have the right chemistry for the group and the whole thing. What I think that he should do, the husband, is say when the next time they get invited out, hey, you know. Susan's really busy, you know, she would love to come, but she just swamped this month. She has this huge project at work and she just kind of like, you know, she's in the cave working, but I would love to see you. Why don't us guys go out and and do our own thing and kind of start to establish a kind of one on one friendship with him Mm. and have her just be very busy with her work, very busy with whatever's going on in her life and then do enough dinners, maybe a couple dinners a year, just to kind of keep it looking like it's not Oh, we can't stand your wife, but you know, huh. sometimes you take you, you bite the bullet and you just kind of sit through a dinner here and there, but you you don't want to do them every week or even every month, but I think that he needs to start establishing a one-on-one friendship
1: with the guy. With just the husband. I Interesting. Jim,
2: what I was thinking when when you were reading this this letter when we first uh, talked about doing this. I was thinking like, what if she doesn't like y'all?
1: Yeah. You know, that's like, could maybe... be why she's like I have to go out with this maybe stupid other couple. Together, maybe
2: maybe yeah. maybe yeah, maybe she's hating it.
3: Look, it's very possible, Um, although the husband keeps initiating the plans, it sounds like, which kind of indicates that he's game. But look, maybe they have a terrible marriage. Maybe she's a Debbie Downer because she doesn't want to go out, and she wishes that he was taking her out on a romantic evening, can't get him to do that, so she's just really negative, and they're just getting kind of the, the leakage of the problem of the marriage.
1: Yeah, Yikes. I I definitely dated somebody a long time ago who was a Debbie downer around my friends. Like mm. when I was with her one-on-one, she was very different and then when I introduced her to my friends, she was it was just like not talkative, not anything, and I could tell that my friends didn't want to be around her, and that was a big make or break for me, because I was like, if you're not even making an effort to be cordial and to have a good attitude around my friends, then what the hell are we doing here?
2: Well, I've been in that situation, too, where where I was dating someone who had a friend that was, like, one of his best friends that I could not stand, and it was weird for me, because I'm like, I don't, I'm not gonna tell you, like, you can't bring this person around because you love this person, but, like, I don't want to be around him because he's always saying something problematic or stupid or asking me a dumb question he would like, and so like I don't know what you do in those situations.
3: Like what's that kind damn of question? Like an offensive
2: question? Well, like he knows that I do like cable news, and he'll ask me about why CNN said this, or asks me a whole bunch of <laughs> questions about cable news back end stuff, and like it's always like, can I just have a conversation about what we're eating? Like he's always doing yeah. that, or <laughs> or he always had like problematic race stuff that he wanted to bring up, and I was like, dude, shut That's up.
1: So yeah. So then, yeah. how do you navigate that, Doctor Jen? If you're out to dinner with somebody and they're asking these questions and they're annoying the crap out of you, but you want to keep the peace with your friends. What's the balance there? Do you kind of just pick and choose and play it out? Respectful boundaries,
3: Mm. respectful
1: boundaries
3: and changing the subject. Hey, you know what? I wish I ran CNN and could totally answer that question, (laughs) but I don't. I know. I have a long history as a journalist. I really appreciate your respect for that, but I have no idea why they did that. Change the subject you know yeah. and, if, and if he says something actually offensive to be able to say like wow you know that wasn't terribly sensitive or you know you may not realize it but that's really
1: racist like
2: are you telling me I, kinda could, th- I could tell him to drop the subject whoa <laughs> I totally drop the subject <laughs> so
1: speaking of drop the subject we have to take a break but I want to when we come back I wanted to ask you because I think I actually might be the person who's the annoying person in the, in the double dating scenario we'll uh- uh-oh. Yeah, we might. We'll break that down when we get back. Drop the
0: subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
2: So we are back We'll Drop the Subject. We're talking to Dr. Jen about when you are friends with another couple or just with a, a pair of people and like, You like one of them, but you don't like the other and trying to figure out how exactly you make that work. Um, But then, Allie, you have another perspective on this.
1: I do. (laughs) On the flip side of it, just on a personal note, how do I know that I am not the person in the couple that no one likes? So are people talking to you? I mean, yeah, but I guess the quieter of the two. But I mean, I've also we have a lot of the same friends at this point.
2: You're the quieter of you and Katie? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Like, yeah,
1: I don't know how that happened, but uh, she's got a lot to say. <laughs> and uh, and, and also, like, I like—I don't know if this is
3: you, but sometimes when people have a job like being a radio host or a TV host, like where they're very kind of on the platform and having to to talk all day, sometimes they go home and they're like, okay, "I don't want to talk. Like, I don't need to do this." No,
1: nope. I, yeah. I go home and I listen. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then I'm like, okay, well, you know, my my wife had a lot of friends when we met. And sometimes I think, do they want to hang out with her without me? Because now we're together sure. all the time, mm-hmm. and I wonder how how you navigate that. I think about with my family sometimes, too. Like, this past weekend, I hung out with my dad and my stepmom, and my wife wasn't there. She was out of town. And I'm like, I wonder if they're so happy that they get one-on-one time with me. Not that they don't like my significant other, sure. but I wonder if it's, if like it's always it's, the duo it if it's too with, much.
3: With your relative versus your relative and their spouse. Right. Yeah. yeah. And look, I think it's important to find a balance of that. But I think regarding your question about, like, how do you know if you're the... the one that people are like, oh, oh yeah, it's her again. I I think that really the key is is to connect with people and to ask questions and to engage. And, you know, I remember I had a friend who was experiencing a bunch of social anxiety. And whenever he went out, he just like had a really hard time connecting with people and would like come home feeling terrible. Like, oh, my God, I was like a lump on a log at a table because I was feeling so anxious and was worried that he was establishing kind of bad relationships with his partner's friends. So, you know, I think that anytime there's a social anxiety issue, it's important to address it. I think when you are meeting new friends of your partner, especially a new partner to kind of out of the gate to really engage and ask questions about them and, you know, participate as much as possible while also reading the room and, you know, showing your partner's friends how much you love your partner because if they love your partner and they see how much you love your partner they're likely to like you even if they don't like everything that you say and everything that comes out of your mouth
1: yeah i think that sometimes with couples you you i I always say that it's hard to judge another couple because you never know what couples are like on their own. You just know what they're like around you. So it's easy totally. to say, oh, you know, we don't like the boyfriend because he doesn't engage and he does this and that. But, yeah, he might have something like you're saying, Dr. Jen, where, the, you know, he's yeah. got social anxiety and he's not talkative and he's completely different when when other people aren't around
3: totally you know or he's he's in his first year of sobriety and he's used to going out and drinking although hopefully you're not dating if someone's in their first year of sobriety but you know maybe he's just kind of socially awkward because he's not used to kind of the new circumstances in sobriety yeah wait, or is, maybe he just really does hate you
2: wait is dating something you're not supposed <laughs> yeah, to do in the first that's year of sobriety that's possible too. dr jen what was that is dating something you're not supposed to do in the first year of sobriety
3: Correct. When you are working a good 12-step program, you are not supposed to date someone in your first year of sobriety because the number one reason why people have a slip in their first year of sobriety is a breakup or a heartbreak.
1: Now, what about when you're in a long-term relationship, but you've been in that long-term relationship under the influence and then you go into a 12-step program? Do you recommend that you take a break or do you continue with the relationship or is it just kind of a case-by-case basis?
3: look, if you're like a married couple or a couple that has been together for many, many years and you have a great, solid foundation, you know, I mean, no one's going to say, like, get a divorce for your first year of sobriety. That's a whole other stressor. But it's going to put stress on the relationship and you're going to want to get extra support
2: mm.
3: in, you know, that I always recommend that a partner be involved in Al-Anon and that couples do couples therapy during that kind of a period of time. But if you're like, Newly sober and single, like put down your app. Like this is not the time to be going on the hunt.
2: Interesting. That's something I never even thought about. We kind of tangent. Oh there,
3: yeah, but, oh, no, it's, it's it's big. Yeah, it's, it's really significant. And any sponsor will tell someone in, in a twelve-step program like you should not be dating. Hmm.
1: Okay. You got to focus on you. you. Know, not to mention
3: the first year sobriety. The other thing about it is that. When you are working a 12-step program and you're getting clean and sober, all of your feelings flood to the surface because you're no longer using mm. a substance that is pushing down your feelings and numbing you. So, I mean, it's I always love working with people in my private practice, first year of sobriety, because, like, it's so meaty. Like, you really get to all of the juicy work because there's so much feeling and memory and intensity and it, you know all that sort of stuff and it can it's such great grist for the
1: mill
2: dr jen oh, just a, we went
1: off on a great it, i was gonna say
2: yeah it was really good okay <laughs> um everyone you can find more information about dr jen on her website dr jenman com. jen man both with two n's uh, you can find her at dr jen man on the twitter the instagram and um, make sure to check out her book the relationship fix which is available wherever books are sold thank you so much dr jen we really appreciate it
0: my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Drop the subject. We'll be right back with the new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
2: Like the oh (laughs) my god! (laughs) All right, we the podcast extras you guys are gonna get when Mm. we start adding in like our commercial break conversations. Yeah, a delight
1: to anyone who downloads the podcast on a regular basis. uh, uh, Drop the subject wherever you find your podcast. We are planning on uploading some exclusive content, Mm. so look out for that soon because it's gonna be worth your time. But we are short on time, which means we just have a little moment to give you the gayest sports highlights of the week because. I watch the NFL every weekend. I mean, there's World Series stuff going on as well, but I, I was only able to compile a very specific montage that had to do with football and specifically National Tight End Day, because I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, I believe, Jared, you told me about this.
2: No, Did you? I don't think it was Oh, me. maybe I saw it on Twitter from somebody. I mean, but- I... Who doesn't love a good tight end?
1: I mean, there's every mention of a tight end that was wide open, uh, about how they were able to penetrate the D, all that stuff. (laughs) It was very important, and and I definitely made sure I took notes on all of that stuff. So, a very special edition, this week's Gayest Sports Highlights of the Week.
4: Here are the gayest sports highlights from the week.
2: George Kittle putting on a show on tight end appreciation day. Donald underneath. It's Griffin. Griffin still going. Oh, got his man over the middle. 49ers are kind
4: of steamrolling you on both sides of the ball right now. Lentz pumps. Austin Hooper stays on his feet. Bradbury had his hand on it first. He is a little bit of a fire plug. That is a really great throw through a tight window. 51 to 13 is an old school 70s style butt whooping. It is. Wide open from behind. They get the make a tackle. On national tight end day, Charles. These have been the gayest sports highlights from this week
2: drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q drop the subject the new channel q drop the subject presents news it or lose it Allie and I are holiday album. we're recording it during the breaks
1: a very channel q christmas look for it
2: oh no a very channel q christmas what songs will be on that
1: Um, actually, I really am gay.
2: (laughs) How is that possible? (laughs) Um, okay actually one of my so- one of my uh, my newsit stories is related to that so I'll do that one first It's
1: related to um, gay a very rendition of mm-hmm. okay
2: well uh, that might be a stretch but okay, okay. Uh, n- news n- headline number one John Legend is releasing a less creepy baby it's cold outside emphasizing consent
1: whoa <laughs> right I, I mean I have to news that because it's a sign there we go what are the chances whoa.
2: Lose it. <laughs> wow. That's
1: amazing. I don't, I don't care. care.
2: Exactly, no. Uh, okay, so we'll talk about that. Okay. A Mississippi woman missing for days is found after she spelled out SOS with rocks.
1: Oh, I love survival stories.
2: World Series flashers get banned indefinitely <laughs> by MLB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a spooky... National! See! <laughs> exactly. Woo, Trump! <laughs> uh, okay. Spooky face spotted in space by Hubble. <laughs> spooky face spotted in space by Hubble. I
1: got a, I got a new spooky space face. I thought
2: I said spooky space. So I was like, spooky you didn't read that face right. Face in space. And then the word genius.com word of the day is Eli'd, elide. E l i d e. Ooh, that face. Lose it? How dare you! <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Drop the
0: subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
2: Okay, we're, we're, I'm gonna say the words, but don't hit the button yet, Justin. We're gonna do News It or Lose It in a moment. No! Uh (laughs) Ah! That is not what I was trying to do. There's a story, before we do News It or Lose It.
1: Were you trying to play this?
2: No, I wasn't trying to play that either. Okay, I know. I know what you were trying to do. You're trying to taunt me, but I was just wanted to. Five. He's got a five
1: F- for five. V E. Oh no! Wait, he didn't. it I V E. F- I- four. Four. E. <laughs> out of five. Five. Stop F- it! Okay. But he only I wanted got four.
2: I wanted to address this story that, uh, this video that just is on Twitter right now. I hope I can talk about this without cursing. Oh. Just to be ready on the dump button. There's a video going around right now of Donald Trump uh, and Melania Trump and like they're dressed. It's like their like like
1: trick-or-treating th- thing the for kids, Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Where like they're outside the White House and all these kids are trick-or-treating and, and you know they're giving them candy. And
2: so there's a kid dressed up as Minion and like the big puff <laughs> Costume and he walks up. He or she walks up to the president and first lady, and Donald Trump, like very awkwardly, like doesn't know how to engage other human beings, and puts a candy bar. Mind you, a full size candy bar. Don't it's get me like wrong. a full
1: size Hershey bar. Exactly. And then he kind of like pl- pats Put, him on he the head. He puts it with on it. It. top
2: of the kid's head. <laughs> And then like pats it there, and then Melania like awkwardly does it too because
1: <laughs> she's like, I don't know, I follow his lead. Both I... like morons. So there's two Hershey bars on top of this minion's head, and then the so... minion just like turns around and, and walks, walks away, and it falls. And the candy bars fall down
2: because ground. idiots.
1: Oh, it's a great video. They are uh, oh. people are giving them a very hard time on Twitter right now, so just, we're gonna put that out.
2: I just, uh, I, I tweeted it out a little bit ago. I'll, oh, re- you did? I'll, re- I'll okay. retweet it on on Drop on the, the Show subject. account. Okay. Okay, good, Um, because you have to see it. It's
1: much more funny when you see it in person.
2: I just don't get it. Okay, now it's time for Drop the Subject. I mean, for News It or lose (laughs) It. I'm so discombobulated by this dumb video. Drop the Subject presents... Lose it or lose it. It's
1: like when they say psychopaths don't yawn when another person
2: yawns. Oh, is that true?
1: Yeah. And so psychopaths probably put candy bars on people's heads rather than in their baskets. Just. That's probably another article somewhere. Or they get
2: elected. Not for mine. Um, okay. John Lesnar is really... <laughs> I'm so discombobulated right now.
1: John <laughs> John Legend
2: is releasing a less creepy baby it's called outside emphasizing consent. It says after the 75-year-old song became a lightning rod for national dialogues um, about consent. Oh yeah, consent. last year that was huge. Yeah, I, I mean the last couple of years I feel like people have been talking about it um, and uh, emphasizing political correctness. Several radio stations actually pulled the song off the air. Yeah. And so John Legend is going to be releasing a retooled version with an assist from his fellow voice coach Kelly Clarkson. Uh, in a very fair article they said that um, they're going to be Working on the song and it'll come out for next Christmas uh, in 2020, and they're gonna have a new version that can be on the radio now.
1: It's gonna be there in a, over a year. Well, I mean, that's how long you need to retool the lyrics well, a little bit.
2: They can't drop it in April. Like if they can't no, do they it can for this, they can drop season, it
1: now. Well,
2: they have to still like write and record and put the song together.
1: Yeah, and it's October.
2: But they're also very busy. She has a talk show. They're
1: not that yeah, busy. Yeah. All I, they have to do is sing. It's the same melody.
2: Allie, calm down. It's okay. I'm upset. You're going to get through this.
1: Ah! Drop the subject.
0: We'll be right back. The new Channel cube. Drop
2: the subject,
1: the new Channel Q.
2: I'm not ready to be back on the air yet.
1: You're not. (laughs) It's been forever. You're not ready now, then when?
2: No, yeah. Um, I think I'm ready. I think we can do this. we got to get through three stories. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Let's do it. This comes from CNN Travel. It says, a Mississippi woman missing for days is found after she spelled out SOS with rocks. So this woman is 56 years old. Her name is Mary. She was in the Sequoia National uh, Park after her disappearance sparked a major operation. It says Gomez was in California's Bay Area visiting from Mississippi on assignment as a traveling nurse. On October 23rd, her day off, she visited Kings Canyon National Park. And the next day, she texted her daughter pictures of the scenery. But... She missed her shift the next day on Friday, prompting her family to report her missing in, to the San Francisco Police Department. A search began with park officials placing her in, giant, in the giant forest of Sequoia National Park on Saturday morning, according to the release. Search teams searched dogs, aircraft, everybody took, taking part in this effort. And then on Monday, a California Air National Guard aircraft spotted a message spelled out with rocks on the ground, SOS, and then teams on foot were able to spot her.
1: So you spell a Mississippi, M-I-S-S-O-S-S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone? Anyway? <laughs> yeah.
2: I love it um, Justin's like. Oh, let me go get the cricket. Uh, <laughs> she's from ahead. Mississippi. Go ahead, hit it, Justin.
1: So then you um, you do the M I S S O S S I P P I.
2: Missus. Oh. So two women were, bur- were banned <laughs> from the world. Uh, they are like, two
1: women were burned alive because they heard a horrible joke on the radio and set themselves on fire.
2: Well, these two women, uh, this other se- uh, story comes from CNN Sports. It says World Series flashers get banned indefinitely by the MLB. So, indefinitely? <clears throat> indefinitely. That sucks. Right. So on Sunday, you might remember that Donald Trump was at the World Series um, and was very warmly received. <laughs> Yes. Like how- well, at that same game, another big thing happened that was kind of overshadowed by the Donald Trump story, because uh, the women identified as Julia Rose and Lauren Summer um, were uh, basically flashing their breasts on TV during Game 5 of the World Series, uh, and they've been banned definitely from all stadiums and facilities, according to the letter that was delivered to them by hand and signed by David Thomas, the uh, president of the MLB, um, president of security and ballpark operations. They got this letter in the mail and they, they tweeted it out um, with the caption, whoops. Um, ah. The letter, uh, basically, it t- they the letter has been verified as legitimate by the MLB. Like, oh, this is a real letter. It says, on October 27th, 2019... It's
1: a certificate of authenticity.
2: Exactly. It says, uh, you attended World Series Game 5 at Nationals Park in Washington, D.C. During the game, you violated the fan code of conduct by exposing yourself during the seventh inning in order to promote a business. <laughs>
1: well, it is the seventh inning
2: stretch. Exactly. You're, you are hereby banned from all Major League Baseball stadiums and facilities indefinitely.
1: That's not fair. That pisses me off. Why? You know what? Because free the nipple, number one. Number two, there are so... So many other stupid things that people do at games that should get them banned for life. Like, people get into fist fights all the time. Dudes are peeing on stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of weird things that people do at games when they get too drunk. Just because some ladies exposed their breastises... Doesn't mean that you can never go to an MLB game at any park ever.
2: Yeah, well, for the I, rest of your I life. Guess I'm with you on this mainly from the perspective of free the nipple, because we are totally okay with guys out in the yes. in the audience with their boobs out. There can
1: literally be a guy with his nipples out, with paint of the you know whatever the mascot is all over, or no paint, or nothing right? at just all, just bare skinned. This,
2: this takes me back to uh, Adam Levine at Shaggy's the Super boobs. Bowl and then Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl, yes. right? Yes. Adam Levine walking around shirtless and Janet Jackson, there was an accident where her boob came out and that was, you know, got her fined in all this money. So I'm with you on that. From that perspective, yes.
1: Yes. And okay. then the fact that other people do really embarrassing things at games on a regular basis. I mean, when you're under the influence of tons of beer.
2: Yeah. Well, you're, you're doing... your fault. Not no, I there. know,
1: but I'm saying that they. it's not like those dumb dudes get banned for life. Yeah, they probably have to do true. a lot to get banned for life. Well, There's all the kinds ladies, of violations happening.
2: One of the ladies um, has 2.8 million Instagram followers and identifies herself on social media as the founder of a digital magazine that posts images of scantily clad women. Summer, um, the other woman, has 1.5 million Instagram followers and identifies herself as, quote, a brand executive with the same magazine. <laughs> all
1: right. I want to get them on the show. Okay. I want to talk to them about this. Let's because. because. Because this isn't fair, and I want to know what their inspiration was behind it. Were they drunk at the time, or was it a planned thing? Because I don't think that it's fair that they should be banned for life from all stadiums. Maybe one stadium, okay, but every stadium, that's ridiculous. Especially if their breasts are nice.
2: (laughs) You're such a lesbian. Okay, Okay, finally, um, a spooky face was spotted in space by the Hubble telescope. Um, They say, um, although it looks a bit like an eerie floating face suspended in space, the optical illusion spotted by the telescope is really a result of two galaxies colliding, which is actually pretty interesting. It says Hubble took the image in June as part of a snapshot program, using gaps in observation schedules to take photos of other intriguing targets. The two glowing eyes of the face each represent the center of a galaxy, a young young blue star. Stars help make up the outline of the face um, while other groupings of new stars seem to sketch out the mouth and nose. I just tweeted it out on our Twitter so you can go to at DTS show on Twitter and see the, the photo of it. It's kind of creepy looking.
1: Yeah, but the fa- I mean, it, what's even creepier is what it actually is. I, know, I thought right? the space face was scary, but the fact that it's two, two galaxies, galaxies colliding, colliding, I mean, that must be horrible for those galaxies. I
2: know. It's a whole merger kind of situation. They're going to have to deal with a lot of corporate mess.
0: <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back with the new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel
1: Q.
2: We're back with... one more thing before we uh, we get out of here.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a little bit more for you. We've you've got, got two well,
2: stories that you've been trying to con- coerce me into all day.
1: Well, you know, we earlier for News It or Lose It, I brought one of the stories to the table about the concept of robot umpires. Ro- robot umpires because who can't talk
2: now, huh? huh?
1: Rump- huh? Rumpot, ah, So, because the World Series has had some very controversial calls from the umpires, and people are saying, "Hey, you know what? Why are we trusting humans with this?" Why don't we look into robot umpires? And wouldn't you look at that? Even since talking about it on the show a couple hours ago, they've already replaced them. Lost since May 22nd. Steady Ryan. That'll bring in Rendon. Stand a Uncanny. shallow right center field. And a one, two, three
4: first. You're out of here. There's Yuli now one for four with an RBI yesterday. Hey, matter, matter, matter.
1: That oh, is off the glove
2: of about. Ross for an infield base hit.
1: I think it makes the game more exciting.
2: I mean, I, as long as they start chanting defense, I think you're <laughs> in good shape.
1: Okay, you know what? What I told you that in confidence. You did it on the air. I know. <laughs> So, now I wanted to move over. The, the, so, that's what's going to happen now. Just look for that. And I think the next World Series game is tonight. So. I think
2: that's actually going to be awful. If they <laughs> if they actually switch over to robots for this, I think it would be terrible.
1: Well, you know what they do, though, They in some of the games, this proves that I do know something about baseball, is when they... Throw the ball and they have that little imaginary box Mm -hmm. and then the umpire gives their call regardless and then they'll be like, okay, this is what the umpire said, but here's what the digital box, you know, they can actually clearly see that the ball is outside of the batter's
2: box. You know what? I actually don't reverse my opinion on something so abruptly, but I actually think this would be perfect. Doing robot umpires. The more I think about it, because, like, an umpire oh, has, like, his perspective, his or her perspective based on where they're standing or where they're leaning or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if there was a camera set up and they always had, like, the same exact box that you have to pitch within or you have to, you know, whatever, I actually think that would be...
1: It would be more regulated. It
2: would, it would be much more regulated. There'd be much less debate over whether or not the call was right or wrong. Uh, I I you know I hate to get rid of all those jobs of for umpires sorry guys or <laughs> girls but
1: well and I think that it would make khakis less popular
2: wow moving on
1: they wear khakis uh, <laughs> they wear khakis with those little black turtlenecks
2: well I mean but the only reason they're popular out in the world is because umpires are wearing them is what you're saying
1: yes okay that's what it. I'm saying yeah
2: okay.
1: <laughs> I can't believe you misunderstood me.
2: <laughs> no, All clearly. Right.
1: So there's other another thing I wanted to cover before we get out of here is there's this concept of whether people like to date people that look like them. And this is personal to me because I've been told by many people They're that I twins. look, that I... That I look like my wife and I beg to differ because we looked very—we look more different now that I've cut my hair. But we looked different when we met. And now, just because we're together all the time, we have sort of morphed into the same person.
2: What's funny is I never thought you guys looked alike until you said it. And I was like, oh, my God, I totally see it.
1: There's a guy, the, an instructor at my gym, who every time Katie and I walk in, he goes, what's up, twinsies?
2: Does he know that you're t- together?
1: Yes, he knows. Oh. He knows we're together and he knows that we're married. And he says, what's up, twinsies?
2: Oh, he yeah. should stop that.
1: He should definitely stop that. Well, according to a 2010 study, which seems antiquated at this point, but I guess they're reiterating the same point. Mm-hmm. This is a new article, believe it or not. People are not only attracted to people who look like them. They're also attracted to people who look like their Parents.
2: Oh, actually, that's not surprising because you. That's always hear about, not surprising. Well, because you always hear. Um, I remember hearing therapists say, like, uh, um, you grow up to either date your mother or your father, like a version of that person. Yeah, a, maybe in behavior,
1: I wouldn't think it. it the way that the, I wouldn't want to date my mom or dad.
2: Well, that but that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't. It, it's always subconscious. Like, you end up to growing up to date one of your parents. Like, I have definitely dated someone who reminded me of my father like had a moment and I was like oh my god you are my dad I've got to get out of this relationship yeah it was really interesting
1: well I wonder how bisexuals feel because they look for both
2: listen they got a lot more to pick from
1: so this is how they did the study researchers showed that the subjects of the study a photo of a stranger that morphed either into an image of another stranger or an image of themselves when the participants were asked to rate those people in terms of attractiveness, they were more likely to choose the individuals who were an amalgamation, amalgamation, amalgamation of a stra- of a stranger and themselves mm. rather than a stranger and another stranger. So they were attracted to their own faces. That's
2: interesting. I I have a best friend who has the same name as me, Jarrett. And uh, whenever I'm on Tinder, if I see someone else with the name Jarrett, I'm like, what I cannot do is have a best friend and a boyfriend named Jarrett, because people will think I'm a narcissist.
1: I completely disagree.
2: You think I should really uh, I lean think you into should it? do the
1: three Jarrett thing, you yeah. You get an
2: automatic right swipe if your name's Jared. Yeah. Or Jared or Gerard. And a
1: Jarrett thruple.
2: Oh, God. I want it. That's just too much.
1: Do get it for of. the show. Drop the subject. We'll be right back.
0: The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
2: Well Allie, <clears throat> I think we are about done here. Yeah. I think the day's about up for us.
1: Well, we do have a couple of last minute agenda items. Yeah. Well, there's what just one. It's happy innings.
2: Oh. Um Justin, babyface Justin. With baby face Baby, baby ginger face Baby gingy Cohen um,
1: You're a little gingerbread boy
2: He shaved his face on Thursday, Friday um, it was an accident, from what I'm told. He just shaved it a little too short and a little too short, and now he's babyface.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you have to own it. You can't just say, I messed up my beard trimming. You have oh, no, to just so be yeah. like, yeah, you know, I wanted to do this for political reasons. No
2: Political reasons. Well, actually, what's interesting is uh, Movember starts on, on, what, Friday? So you could shave again and then, like, grow it all out. Throughout the month of November.
4: Is that with the mustache?
1: Yeah, yeah. Are you I gonna, look really creepy November. with a mustache. You I'm guys, not doing that. But you we all have should a beard. Do,
2: like wait. You grow the whole beard out, is what I'm saying. Oh, I thought it was just a mustache. No, no, no.
1: I thought it was just a mustache, too. No, no, no.
2: It's a whole beard. Like People grow their whole beard out throughout the whole uh, month of November. for. Oh, I thought um, it was just
1: cool mustaches. No, I was going to say, let's all do it.
2: Yikes.
4: I think Allie will have us both
2: beat. Uh, well, probably. Let's be honest here. Well, Let's be honest.
1: Five o'clock shadows already starting.
2: <clears throat> Justin, what you got for us?
4: Uh, we may be forcing robots to learn how to umpire, but at least now we know that we won't have to teach them to play defense.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. You know <laughs> that what? That was a good callback. There is still defense. Good callback. I call
2: Chris Contreras' bluff. That was that was a callback. Uh-huh. Uh, got um, it. calling back.
1: What's your happy ending there,
2: Jared? Um... Those two ladies may have gotten banned from Major League Baseball, but there are two bright sides popping up for you. You mean four? <laughs> well, yeah, their bright <laughs> sides are popping up because you're trying to get them on the show.
1: I would think the bright side would be
2: the butt. Well, I mean, these are white ladies, so they're bright in the butt, like and in the back.
1: So they're bright all over. There we go. <laughs>
2: There you go. You're welcome. All
1: right. That was fun to break down. Yes. Okay, my happy ending the endings. joke <laughs> was... <laughs> got it. It's the always better when you explain side. it. Exactly. It is. Exactly. Here's my happy ending. Sure Did that... Did you not get the joke? I Bright I, side I when you're flashing...
2: It. It's a I bright. Think,
1: no, I, I think it's landing slowly. The
2: bright side.
1: It's one of those things that has like a slow finish. Okay. For me. Okay. Uh, it was very fruit forward. I was gonna say. <laughs> and then it had a nice bolt finish. You, like
2: you flash the shirt, and it it's like, oh, there's the bright. Lingered side. on my palate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> my happy ending is sure, that guy bought a house in LA and then the backyard had a Fifty-two oh cat God, corpses in that it. That
2: story is so crazy.
1: That could be a bummer, and they might need to trace back to who owned the house beforehand to press criminal charges. But little do they know, that guy got all the cats to sign a waiver.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well played, Allison Johnson. <laughs> well played. See, the joke there is the fact that we talked. All early... right, we gotta go. <laughs> On the, ne- on the next, drop the subject.
1: The following promo is brought to you by Allie and someone's angry girlfriend.
2: I'm not angry, I'm fine.
1: Um, okay. Uh, on the next show, we're going to be doing the weekly tried and true Gay MA.
2: <sighs> that sounds so fun.
1: Is this a test? Um, what else are we doing? And we'll discuss the first lesbian ever to be elected mayor of Columbia.
2: Oh, you get really excited to talk about another woman, don't you?
1: Come on. Get, you know what? Get back in the car. Come on. I'm over it. Where are you going? Home. I try to talk to you and you just explode. I am not exploding. Drop the subject. 12 to 2
0: Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern on the new Channel Q.